1: Yes, it is, and welcome back. As we head into hour two, it's a delight to bring back our Congressman, Representative David Schweikert. Uh, Representative Schweikert, welcome back. How you doing, man?
0: Yeah, another fun-filled day of chaos.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. I'm looking at some interesting numbers. I learned from you. You and I both uh, learn from and work with a great economist, Brian Riedel. I've known him for years. He yeah,
0: Brian is a, a, a friend, and. He, um, you see the tone of today's tweet from him. I'm looking It's almost at- the first time he's sounding defeated, like it's too late.
1: It's really incredible. Tell me, uh, tell, tell me in the audience uh, some of what he's reporting here, uh, especially soaring interest rates. Dad, talk to us about this.
0: Okay. Brian has been taking Congressional Budget Office data for years and basically modeling things. What would happen if long-term interest rates on U.S. bonds? So when the the federal government is financing its debt we're a point higher and a a year or two ago, he came up with a number saying if they were a point higher for the 30 years, 70 percent of all tax revenues go just to pay interest. But if they're two points higher, 100 percent of all tax receipts, so everything is collected, goes just to pay interest. Yeah. And Brian was posting some updated numbers today that it's even worse than that right now.
1: Yeah. Because
0: we've piled on so much debt. And, look, I, I actually believe long-term interest rates you know uh, may come down. Mm-hmm. But we're in real, real trouble when you actually then also look at some of the numbers posted today on U.S. spending. Yeah. You know, Medicare, you know, Medicaid, things that HHS, number one, Social Security, number two, other parts of government, number three. And I think defense was number four. Incredible. Now, how many of our leftist friends, oh, defense is, you know, if you cut defense, we're fine. Uh, nowhere near it.
1: Nowhere? It's nowhere near, near it. Yeah. And it
0: looks like interest. Um, and I need to go back, but functioning interest is creeping up on passing defense in total spending. Yeah. And if interest rates continue to stay high, and what's so raging is for years, people like me have been screaming at the administration saying, you got low interest rates, sell long-term bonds, stabilize, stabilize, but so much of our debt is on short-term bonds meeting with these high interest rates, we're going to have to be doing all sorts of refinancing. Yeah. So it's not just the trillion we borrowed this year, it's the fact that there's four, five, or six, seven trillion that come due that constantly just have to be refinanced and refinanced, except they're refinanced at the higher interest rate. Um, you're heading towards a time where we may have hit the debt trap. Yeah. Because and, and yet for anyone listening, post tax reform, tax receipts are up fairly substantially. Corporate taxes are up substantially. Individual taxes are up substantially. It just government A can't stop spending, and then the death trap of with the baby boomers hitting their benefit years, um, the curve was always going to steepen dramatically. So
1: uh, let, let me let me put a now? number on let me put a number on that second or third okay. point you were making. If I could, David, uh, to, I'm looking off uh, some numbers. Terry Jeffrey is reporting. I just had him on the show a couple days ago. The federal government collected a record 4.4 trillion dollars in taxes in the first 11 months of fiscal 2022. 4.4 trillion now. People may want to say, "Well, what does that mean?" If my memory is correct, I mean, we used to we used to have budgets, I mean, even as recently that's as 2018 that were less more, than that.
0: Yeah, that's more money than the entire budget of the government. Just a couple of years ago, yeah. Okay. Twenty eighteen was less months.
1: than that. Yeah, we weren't yeah. we weren't living in poverty in twenty eighteen. We can run a government on less than four trillion dollars, can't we, David?
0: Well, but the de- Democrats can't hand out massive amounts, and then and then we have the difficult thing that's really hard to talk about because it enrages people because it's so complex and scary. Um, with ten thousand of our brothers and sisters turning sixty-five every day the curve on Medicare expenditures and most of Medicare comes out of the general fund. So it's, it's borrowed money. Um, so the crazy spending of the Democrats the last couple of years that set off inflation, it's actually now made everyone poor, particularly in the Phoenix area. You've lost a month and a half of your wages just because of inflation in this area. So that's the secret tax plan of the Democrats. is set off inflation, lower the actual current dollar value of the debt, because they're transferring wealth from you to, to cheaper dollars for the debt. But in the next couple of years, with the higher interest rate, the higher interest rates consume all that, um, uh, call it taxes that you didn't know you were paying.
1: One of the things and I'm sure you, you you've heard it a million times, David, that you hear candidates often talk about and getting our budget under control, they talk about waste, fraud, and abuse. Waste, fraud, and abuse. Waste, fraud, and abuse. That's not enough anymore, is it?
0: That's, oh, it's not even a rounding error. Yeah. I mean, you still uh, have to go at it. You. Yeah, of is, course,
1: of course. The they're bad. They're ills. They're bads in themselves, but it's not going to fix the economy.
0: Yeah, and the ultimate way to do waste brought in abuses, decide, does that program even need to exist?
1: That's what I want to talk about, so many, yes, yes. So many
0: of our programs have wonderful virtue signaling, and ultimately actually hurt people.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that's why I try constantly to talk about disruptive technologies instead of maintaining a disease, cure it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've got to stop, but, but remember, Congress is about handing out money. You get these lines at your office and everyone and their cousins, and many of them walk in the door saying, I'm a conservative from Arizona. Um, I need you to do all this, but I need you to give me more money, or I need you to just make a law to keep my competitors from being in my business. Um, it is really perverse what's actually going on in Washington. It's a protection racket, but it's a protection racket for incumbent bureaucracies, businesses that don't want competition.
1: When I well, was here's the thing yeah go well, ahead well, yeah, makes me
0: very very sad yeah. is if you and I go out and talk to our average voter they hear today's bit of crazy and don't realize how close we are to just the, the amounts of debt we've piled on because everyone's feeding at the trough yeah but politicians are terrified to talk about that because you've got to be willing to talk about Medicare yep Social Security and yep. how we're going to save them.
1: Yes, we call Medicare and Social Security mandatory spending, right? And usu- well, they are, and usually because they are, which usually means they're not part of the normal budgetary process, right? You tell me when I get it wrong here.
0: See, yeah, three quarters of all spending, right, are off the table, right? So if you but, were to take what we call mandatory entitlement, that's what it is—they're earned benefits, right? And some things are not earned. Some right. things you get. Because you're part of a certain racial right. you know, tribal right. member right. or you fall below a certain income sure. you get certain things or sure. you paid into so many quarters of FICA taxes so you earn Social Security those sorts of things that's three-quarters of all of our spending um, then if you were removed to to, that's only about now 12 so functionally, what's left is you know um, 10 12 thirteen percent of all of government is all you have left that I get to really vote on and work on. And so the people, so when Democrats say, well, you tax rich people more, they don't own a calculator. You could strip every dime of the wealthy and it makes no difference. I mean, you you, you buy yourself several months and that's by it. Or you could wipe out waste, fraud, and abuse. And, you know, it helps a little, but the borrowing is now structural. We, we, we have made so many promises number one thing you, we're going to have to figure out how to do is we're going to have to change the price yeah of what it costs to provide our brothers and sisters health care
1: yeah yeah see that's the thing that um what's your time frame i have to hit it do you have time for a second segment or do you got oh, sure. okay. it all Absolutely. right let me let me plant this for you and the audience for when we come back on the other side of this break david um When it comes to dealing with those entitlements that aren't part of the normal budgetary process, it doesn't mean – this is in the form of a question I'll ask you to answer when we come back. It doesn't mean that you can't reform them or touch them or deal with them. It means you have to do it separately, obviously, with uh, serious integrity dedicated to just those programs and those programs formulas. You iron that out for me when we come back, David. The difference between dealing with those mandated spendings and the normal budgetary process, if you don't mind. I appreciate you. We all do. I'm Seth Leibs and He's David Schweiker. And we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. David Schweikert, our congressman, is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rep David. Pretty good Twitter handle, at Rep David. Says, you're an avid hiker and coffee enthusiast. I know about the coffee because every time I see you, you have a cup in your hand and you always bring me one and my staff as well. So nice of you. I didn't know you were an avid hiker david that's great. really yeah i'd like to go hiking with you one day
0: uh, no um, if you want to we're working on organizing another grand canyon trip so oh yeah reach out to me on yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah it I... will
0: be my 39th camping trip in the canyon
1: no kidding okay mm-hmm. let me know let me know i could i could see myself doing that uh we were talking david uh just before the break about you know how we are often told Entitlement spending is off the table for budget negotiations. Yeah. That you can't deal with things like well, Social Security. Go ahead. Have, yeah, and,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Statutory, they've been set right. up to just run on autopilot. They're right. a formula. You turn right. sixty-five, you get a certain benefit. Right. Um. And and here's the frustration. So first, first, let's deal with a bit of the idiocy that is Congress. Um. Obamacare, the ACA, was a financing bill. It was about who pays. Who gets subsidized? Medicare for all is a financing bill. It's who pays? Who gets subsidized? So you, you try to have conversations of what we pay. So Medicare is three quarters of all the future debt. Mm-hmm. So we go from $31 trillion today to $128 trillion in 30 years in mm-hmm. today's dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not inflation dollars. That's today's dollars. Mm-hmm. Three quarters of that is just Medicare, because Medicare is mostly general fund money. And so you try to have conversations of what could we do technology wise, the way we deliver health care? What could you do? Um, And everyone comes up with a financing idea. Well, price transparency, but a lot of those things turn out to be just rounding errors. So there's an army of lobbyists in Washington who hate things like telehealth, right? They hate the use of technology because it cuts down the revenues. I am the senior Republican over Social Security in the House. Right. And we're trying to package, put together how we stabilize it. In functionally 10, 11 years, um, if you're on Social Security, you get about a 25% cut. And we haven't even calculated in this inflationary cycle how many of our brothers and sisters almost solely live on Social Security, and it would be crushing to them. Yeah to lose a quarter of that. So it's a moral. But then you start to have the discussion of, well, what if we would finance it this way? What if we would do this on incentives to stay in the labor market? All these levers. And you have to work with Democrats. That's the nature of Congress. And you immediately get, well, I can't agree to that because AARP doesn't like
1: that.
0: Or that will be a television commercial attacking me. I can't deal with that.
1: Which is true of Republicans right now, right? This is what oh, they, yeah. yeah, right. Go ahead. But you, the you're no, shortfall.
0: Yeah. But, but here's the damn problem is the public, no one tells the truth to the public. When you look at Social Security, you look at it functionally over a seven, 65, 75 year window. So we use this. Over that 75 years, it's 202 trillion short mm-hmm. on revenues because we didn't have as many children the last couple of decades you know, fertility rates have collapsed, you know, all these things, these inputs. There are some ways we can bring it back into balance, but it's going to require people to, to a freaky good at calculators. We're, we've been working day and night on trying to make the math work. We're trying to have the actuaries score it. But it's terrifying from a political standpoint of every time you try to fix something big like that, There's a little army of parasite political consultants on the other side who are ready to try to put you out of office because they care more about the next election than saving our society.
1: That's what it is about. We're looking for profiles in courage, profiles in common sense. Uh, David, when I was last living in D.C. almost uh, 10 years ago now, I left, I guess I would have. If you asked me uh, back of the envelope, I would have guessed uh, half the Republican Party there at the time, maybe, maybe closer to 40 percent of the Republican Party. They kind of got this. The elected representatives, they kind of got got the stuff you talk about and you're talking about. It's less now or is it more now?
0: Um, I think if, if there's a big difference between getting that there's a problem. OK. Actually understanding the depth. And the difficulty and the scale and how fast it's eroding away from us. Yeah. And then the willingness to do really disruptive, revolutionary ideas that grow the economy. Remember, one of the first things you must do to save Medicare or to save Social Security or to save our society is we got to grow. Yeah. We need economic expansion like crazy. Yep. And the Democrats actually—that's an anathema to it because that's not equity. Right. Even though the reality of it is the greatest moment we've had in closing income inequality and food insecurity and things like that, were after the tax reform that 2018, that 2019, even the first quarter of 2020. That's right. We had a miracle in the math, but Democrats are terrified. To ever say that, if, they, if a Democrat said that out loud, they couldn't get reelected.
1: No, that's right. Because that's that's heresy
0: right. for the left.
1: That's right. No, and we did it, and we did it, it it's, a, it's a formula that works. We did this in the Reagan years, too, particularly with the rise of African-American incomes after the tax reforms of the Kemp-Reagan tax cuts. I mean, so, and, so, and, and, so the and spending reductions, is, yeah, yeah.
0: And it turns out getting economic growth is no longer just fixing the tax code, yeah. just fixing the regulatory right. code. It's got to be fixing immigration.
1: Yep.
0: It's going to be adopting um, disruptive technologies and healthcare and yep. environment. And everything else. It's all the things that make a society very creative. Dynamic.
1: Proactive. I like the word dynamic. Creative is perfectly dynamic. fine. Dynamic. Growth oriented dynamism. Yeah.
0: But how many of our lobbyists? Their job is to protect incumbent business. Yep. Not. To want to live in a free market country.
1: That's right. So they want to expand and grow what what I call the blob. The blob. Yep. Yep. Oh, David, I'm glad you're there, man. I am glad you're there. And yeah, take me, uh, take me on the Grand Canyon. Maybe we train on Squaw Peak, though, huh? Um, Can I say it? it's not Squaw oh, Peak yeah. anymore? It, 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 I, I always get so corrected we, on we've that. Done, yeah. We've done this for almost 30
0: years. Yeah. We've only lost one person. <laughs>
1: Okay, that's a pretty good record, David. It's a pretty good record. <laughs> Bless you, sir, and Godspeed, and say hi to your little babies for me, too. Okay, sir? All right. All right. Thank you, David Schweikert. I appreciate it very much. I'm Seth Liebson, and uh, we will. Um, we have a lot more coming up. And uh, if you missed my monologue, you can get it uh, at 960thepatriot.com. Uh, I think you'll like it. Open the show with it today, and uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. We talked about water policy a little bit last week uh, with one of the candidates uh, running for the Central Arizona Water Conservation District. And I got so much interesting feedback uh, that people uh, were curious about some of the other candidates as well. And, uh, it is a delight to welcome to the show another candidate for the CAW, CD. And that is Shelby Duplessis. Uh, she spells her last name D-U-P-L-E-S-S-I-S, uh, your website, Shelby for Cap, S-H-E-L-B-Y, F-O-R-C-A-P, Shelby for Cap dot com. Shelby, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Seth, for having
1: me in today. I really appreciate it. Well, you betcha. You betcha. Thanks for reaching out. Also, I do this all the time with first-time guests. Uh, Tell the audience a little bit about yourself, any autobiography you'd like, how uh, you grew up, and how you came to be doing what you're doing.
2: I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, My name, again, is Shelby Duplissy. I was born and raised in Maine, the state of Maine, and I moved here in the 90s to come out to ASU studied at ASU and got my civil engineering degree there and never went home. Uh I love it here and I've lived here more of my life than I did back in Maine growing up so um, it's been great to be here and great situation with all of the economic growth we've seen and uh, quality of life here is amazing obviously and um, appreciate the opportunity of running for the CAP board and trying to make a difference here in Arizona
1: wonderful what do you do when you're not out about knocking on doors <laughs> and running for the water district
2: yeah so um, I'm actually the president of land development for oh. a group called the Empire group oh, of sure. company sure yeah um, be- and before that I was actually civil engineer and did a lot of their engineering um, so I still utilize my engineering degree um, and I also uh, am in real estate so uh-huh. I do real estate on the side as well and Um, And the other time I spend a lot of time serving, I serve on five boards and commissions uh, for my city that I live in, in Peoria, as well as a group, Stand Up, Speak Up, Save a Life, and an honorary commander out at Luke Air Force Base and past president and still on the board of Leadership West and on the board of Westmark.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. I like the the engineering background. I like the development and land and real estate background, and I love the uh, volunteer work that uh, you're talking about. What got you interested in uh, the CAWD race?
2: Yeah, so the first thing was my family. They've asked me for 29-plus years that I've lived here when I'm coming home and all wanted me to jump ship, sell our home, get out of Dodge. We're running out of water. <laughs> the media has made it just sound awful. And um, I said, you know, that's not true. We have a lot of water. Right. Um, from there, I started talking with several people on the CAP board and just the, the things that are happening and seeing what's happening, uh, getting very frustrated and saying, I, I'm not one to complain unless I want to throw my hat in the ring. And said that, you know, I want to come in, I know I can make a difference. There's a lot of opportunity out there and a lot of solutions. It just takes a lot of smart people at the table um, that are conservative and want to manage the situation. Arizona's already done a great job of that and wanted to get that story out and be a part of the solution.
1: We're talking to Shelby Duplissy. She is running for uh, Central Arizona Water Conservation District. We call it C-A-W-D. Shelby4Cap.com is her website. I have to tell you, uh, Shelby, I love this notion that we don't have to run around with uh, like chickens with our head cut off. If there's one thing that this audience knows about me, it's I hate frenzy. I hate panic. I hate uh, the notion that everything is as bad as it possibly can be because it makes us – I think, uh, lurch into dangerous decisions and uh, not reflective ones. So I love the idea that you're trying to, if I can use the uh, phrase or pun, calm the waters a little bit about the water situation in Arizona.
2: Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to make sure everyone understands we've done a great job as water stewards. And we've done a great job with our water policy and management since the early 50s and 60s. And So we should start reaping that benefit and and actually standing up to those other states that haven't been and really looking at what we've done to make our lives better and continue to do so.
1: Wonderful. Let me take a quick commercial break. This was a short segment. We'll have a bit longer one coming up, Shelby. Uh, And as we go to break, uh, let me tell you that when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what the Central Arizona Water Conservation District does or is, uh, and uh, it's a different kind of race in that you can vote for more than one candidate. Shelby will tell us about that and some of her proposals for what she would like to do once she is in office. As I go to break, let me put in a word for one of our sponsors, one of our best sponsors, which is Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. Their fruits and veggies. One daily dose gives you a blend of 16 whole fruits, 15 whole vegetables to boost your immunity, your energy, your overall health. Best product I've ever taken – I love it, 100% natural, 100%, every part of it, third-party tested for all kinds of impurities, balanceofnature.com, fruits and veggies, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Shelby Duplessis and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Are you worried about stock market volatility, especially with Joe Biden in office? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return has nothing to do with the stock market if you 're looking for a remarkable and unique investment opportunity, check out my friends at y refi. Yes, they sponsor this show they Believe like you believe. They are offering a great investment all in a secure and collateralized portfolio with an up to ten and a quarter percent return for investors. And your investment can be in a trust, an IRA, just as much as it can be an individual or joint investment. Why ReFi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great people who do really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. You'll never get sales pitch from Y Refi they just like to talk about what they do and let it speak for itself we are uh, privileged to have with us a candidate for the uh, Central Arizona Water Conservation District CAWCD for short Shelby Duplessis Shelby uh you can learn more about her or help her out at shelbyforcap.com shelby is s h e l b y Four, F-O-R-C-A-P. Shelby for cap.com. Shelby, um, this race uh, for Central Arizona Water Conservation District, uh, it, it's, I was mentioning in the last segment, it's a little different. People can vote for more than one candidate. Tell me how that works.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the way the board is made up right now is 15 people, 10 of which are Maricopa County, four from Pima County, and one from Pinal County. It's a rotating board. And so every two years, there's an election. Uh, with six-year terms. Okay. So right now there's five seats available, um, two of which are incumbents that are still um, in the race and running, and then three seats that are completely open. I got And you. so with that, yeah, there's that those five seats. So there'll be 14 people on the ballot, the most that's ever run for this race before. And with that, you can vote for five people.
1: Gotcha. And the CAWCD, the Central Arizona Water Conservation District, generally overview of its main job and responsibility is what, Shelby?
2: Yeah, so their main job is actually to oversee and manage uh, the infrastructure that was built. It's an engineering marvel that started in the forethought was in the 50s, 60s, and started construction in the 70s. And it's the canal, obviously, that delivers water from Colorado all the way down, 336 mile system. It's basically a river that we say through the central Arizona area that can deliver water uphill or downhill. Um, their main focus and job is to maintain that system, that infrastructure integrity, and uh, then to balance the budget and to work with water policy on how much water we're getting from Colorado and how that allocation happens, as well as the taxation that happens on anyone that lives in Maricopa County, Pima, or Pinal to contribute to the cost of that delivery system. Um, and at the same time, the water policy and looking at the water policy and having a strong influence, obviously, in, the, um, in that policy Procedures here in the state of
1: Arizona. Fantastic. Now, uh, as we were talking about in the previous segment, Shelby, it's tempting for people uh, running for office or in political office to plaster the word "crisis" uh, on 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 everything, or at least on as much as they can. So we're constantly being told we have a water crisis in Arizona. You you wanna you wanna temper that just a little bit, right? Yeah,
2: I would love to temper that. Um, first, I think that there's too much information out there, and you have to be careful on what's true and what's not true. Um, Creating a frenzy or panic is what you explained. It it creates chaos, and people start making decisions in a reactionary mode, and and that's not what we want to see right now. Right now, we need to understand that back in the 50s, we're using the same amount of water that we used in 1957, and that's after seeing a growth of 1 million to 8 million people. That's incredible. That's significant economic growth. And amazing quality of life, if you look at all the infrastructure that we've put in, whether it be trail systems, lakes, there's just so much amazing um, infrastructure and and development that's happened over the course of those years. And to know that we are using the same amount of water we did in the 50s, 1957 to be exact, and that's from ADWR, people aren't telling that story. They're not looking at what we've done to manage the same amount of water but yet with all of this growth and that's, that's what we've done. And, and there's still a lot of water, um, all of the water that we've been putting underground, um, over the years through the CAGRD and just making sure that we are ready for what I would call quote unquote a rainy day fund or maybe the opposite of that. And where we're not having enough rainwater, we've planned for that. We foresaw this coming and we're ready for that. And we've, we've done some amazing things unlike the other states around us. In, you know, using our reclaimed water that is treated off of our treatment plants and utilizing that to continue to have that quality of life, whether it be through recharging it um, through the golf courses and open space and the landscaping um, that we, we get to love and enjoy here, and we're recapturing all of that water. Um, and that's also helping to maintain the heat island effect, if you will, by having all of that green space and trying to um, counter some of that um challenges that we
1: see and balancing our quality of life i love it it, putting the uh, putting the conservative into the conservation uh, district i love that shelby shelby can decisions based on the cawcd can they affect um individuals or state or property or other taxes
2: yes they can and so that that board actually oversees the Um, Everyone in Maricopa County um, will be voting, and that that actually is a tax that is placed on your bill if you own property. And that, that tax is actually pretty minimal considering the amount of water that we get and everything that it covers. And so keeping a handle on, and I think that we can value engineer that system to keep the maintenance and cost down, and better manage that as we're continuing to pay that through our taxes.
1: Wrong decisions at the, at the Central Arizona Water Conservation District. Wrong decisions there could lead to higher taxes, though, correct?
2: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
1: I yes. gotcha. So priority one when you get there, once you're elected, Shelby, priority one for you once you're on the board.
2: Um, I think that, you know, there's several priorities. Okay. I think that we need to meet with, uh, the legislators and really put some pressure on going back and renegotiating our junior status on the river and the fact that you know we're sharing in the water uh, responsibility and um, to make sure that those other states are coming to the table. We we took the entire twenty one percent cut in August and that isn't fair, especially when we see those other states um, taking some of their water, treating it and dumping it into the ocean and not even reusing any of their reclaimed water. So I think that they need to be held accountable and they need to work with us to better collaboratively work together on what that looks like. I think that we need to look for other sources of water so that we're not completely reliant on Colorado and this system and at the same time keeping water in our canal that we've paid dearly for and not letting it dry up because that will start to deteriorate the canal as well as the integrity of those pumps. And so working to look for those other sources and moving that water uphill, so to speak, um, around the state to just better balance our water portfolio. It's really robust, but we can improve on that. And then third, I think we need to work on just more education Mm -hmm. and smarter efficiency. We've done a great job until now. We've been very conservative, but we need to continue to be conservative and just manage the resource that we have. It's a very precious resource And we've been smart, and I think we just continue to work together smartly. What works for one neighbor might not work for the other, and I think that's okay as long as we all work together as stakeholders.
1: Fantastic. I'll, I'll tell you what, and uh, the audience what I uh, said to Corey Michigan, who's also running, a colleague of or at least a friend of yours. Uh, a couple things, yeah. folks. Um, there's no substitute for brains. You're getting them here with Shelby as you got them with Corey. The other thing is you have the chance to vote. You have the option to vote for up to five people. When you're voting, um, think about uh, what it means to have a Shelby or a Corey there and having them have to be with people who are on the other side, who disagree. So if you can put like minded people together it's a lot more fun and it's a lot better public policy shelby duplessy thank you so much this perhaps will be uh, the down payment of the first of many visits with us we wish you all the best and i'll give the audience your website one more time shelbyforcap.com shelbyforcap.com i'm seth Liebson, and we will be right back Temperature rising. That's kind of fun. Little Elvis Presley for you there, folks. Gold has been used as money for nearly three thousand years. Still remains a common sense investment. Simple and straightforward. I have mine and other precious metals from the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, as does Seb Gorka, as do thousands of you. They're great people over at Midas Gold Group. No pushy salesman. What they have is Great reputation and dealers who can give you advice based on experience with a complete range of bullion and coins. If you're interested in gold or other precious metals in your portfolio, check the folks at Midas Gold Group out. Give them a call at 480-360-3000, 480-360-3000, or check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. Thinking about water... uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about <laughs> what Joe Biden said today in Florida and uh, several times trying to make the point that climate change is uh, what is responsible for these uh, terrible hurricanes. Um, there's a lot of history that debunks him, uh, including the worst hurricanes uh, that have taken place throughout history in Florida. But I just thought you might want to be tempered by a couple of things I was looking at brand spanking new article in the Atlantic Monthly Atlantic Monthly liberal magazine has a big article on climate change and hurricanes very much worth reading. I just excerpted a few things from the story. What can we say about climate change's effect on Hurricane Ian? I'm just quoting directly from the author stepping back. It seems safe to say that it showed some symptoms of climate change it ras- it rapidly intensified it dumped huge amount of rain you could even argue that it showed evidence of that higher speed limit of the higher uh, of the hurricane but asking questions beyond that is folly beyond that is folly she concludes there's essentially no agreement on what a warming climate will do to smaller hurricanes especially in category 1 or category 2 ranges the national geographic Quote, while some scientists believe there's enough evidence to say that climate change caused by human activities is the reason for the increase in number and strength of recent hurricane seasons, other researchers are still unsure that climate change is the only cause. Since hurricanes form without any help from humans, scientists know that there could be other things in nature influencing their formation and strength that have nothing to do with With climate change, I presume the Biden administration gets the Atlantic Month and National Geographic. Uh, The question is, are they reading it and do they actually care? Don't go away. A lot more coming right up.